Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. We got Eli Libby here. My co-host, my good friend. Yep. Excited We're excited. To be here, we got a really cool conversation today. Absolutely. We're going to dive into the brain, how it operates, and how yep. it's a prediction machine. It's going to be a good one. But before we do that, I want to give a nice shout out to who empowers us and energizes us. That's Altitude Everything Latte. This stuff will get your mind moving. It's got CBD in it, a little oat milk, a little cold brew, a little lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, all the good mm-hmm. stuff. Shake it up a little bit. You open it up, take a sip. You're flying, and it feels absolutely, mm. absolutely. It's nice. Talk it's about- not super bitter. It's not super sweet. Absolutely. I think it's a great segue, kind of into the topic. Yeah. Brain, getting the brain yeah. moving. Uh, so if you haven't yet, it's not local. You need to go to your local store, maybe Whole Foods or something that would carry this and tell them you need to carry altitude. Otherwise, go to altitudebev.com. Get yourself some. It is one of the most flavorful, really is. natural beverages yep. on the market. Like truly. Absolutely. Like, it's good stuff. Um, but before we get started, we're going to roll that intro video. Maybe. That's perfect. That was awesome. And then you want to do this rose one since so we'll have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Take two. Okay, ready. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Pros Podcast. My name's Kyle Nelson. I've got my great co-host and good friend here, Mr. Eli Lynch. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. It's a beautiful episode, man. Absolutely. Really Wait. excited for this episode. We've got a great yep. Absolutely. Number two, clear, simple Why? images. Amazon seller. The first thing that I follow about this article is really looking for that initial question. You need to be thinking about product photography and video production. And we're back after our intro. So today, with us, we have Joseph O'Connor, the author of 19 books, including the most recent book, Coaching the Brain, and co-founder of the international coaching community, the ICC, which boasts over 15,000 coaches as members worldwide and founder of the Neuroscience Coaching Center. Whether you're a coach currently being coached, thinking about getting yourself a coach, or just simply curious about how to coach your own brains, there's something here for you to learn we're going to talk about how the brain works as a prediction machine and what it's predicting for you so mr joseph o'connor welcome to the biz rose podcast thank you very much thanks very much wow, it's great to have you here 19 good. books huh wow that's wild that's amazing and, and then above here we have 19 books in 30 languages that's amazing tell us more about yeah. that <laughs> not each book oh, <laughs> It's the, the easy questions first. <clears throat> yep, the easy ones the, first. The, the best book is always the latest book. Um, yeah. Well, actually, the first book and the latest book. It's a okay. kind of bit of a blur in between. But the first mm. book was about uh, learning music because I was a professional classical guitarist. And the last book was about coaching the brain, practical applications hey. of neuroscience to coaching. And in wow. between, all sorts of other stuff. That's amazing. Amazing, man. 19 books. That is, let's get it to 20. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about how you got started with coaching and the ICC and and, and where the love of neuroscience coaching, all of that good stuff came from. Where where, where was it that triggered you? And when was that in your life? Well, coaching goes back a long way. 
it goes back to when I was a professional classical guitarist. I used to teach uh, guitar and I used to teach a lot of concert players. And I found that um, the main thing that I was, I was able to help them with was not their technique particularly, but it mm. was actually dealing with the performance anxiety, as it were. Mm. Because, you know, when I was out of the room and I heard them play, they would play beautifully. That would give me my, uh, yeah. my mm. baseline of how well they played. As soon as I came into the room, you get all of those, that self-consciousness. Right. And um, that's really it. And that was a good, oh, a good third of their skill evaporated. But wow. it didn't really. It was still there. They hadn't suddenly got less skillful. It was just that they weren't able to call on it for some reason. And I think that's really the the, the essence of, of coaching is right there. It's like how we have skills and we have creativity mm. and, and we can do things, but it's doing them at the right time, at the, at that moment when particularly when there's pressure, and that's what mm. a coach can help with. Amazing. So when did the ICC come to, to fruition? When did that start and how did you get that started? Well, the ICC, um, I started with my wife and partner, Andrea, when we were living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, mm. uh, back in oh, 2001. And um, we, we, want, we were really interested in coaching. We wanted to do something and coaching was nowhere, nowhere near as well established as it is now, especially... Uh, in South America, and um, well, we wanted to start something that in, that reflected those three words: international. And we mm. did start international. We did our first training in oh, where was it? Um, first training was in Poland. Second training was in Rio de Janeiro. Third wow. one was in uh, I think it was in in Stockholm. But, you know, we jumped around. <laughs> we started international. And there's something about coaching that is international because, you know, mm. human beings are, mm -hmm. are the same everywhere. And coaching, of course, bringing out the best, being able to be the best you can be. And community, which is a group of people that want to be together, that are kind of united by values. And that was what was right. important for us. So those three words, really, and what, was try what we were trying to do. Out of curiosity, and here we are twenty years later. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey look at that! Just out of curiosity, in the in the early days, how did you get those first people to your events and get people involved in the ICC? Was it just very? Yeah. Was it from Function. old connections and relationships, or was it kind mm -hmm. of? Did you do a sales it, program, or? It was about connections. It was drawing on connections first of all. Right. I think when when you start something new, it's very often that way. If you have a good yeah. network of people, there's a good network to to start you off and they'll support you right. and then if that goes well it enables you to to spread and to widen and to get in right. touch with more people and i think that's what happened and then after a while that it's like dropping a stone in the pool you know the ripples go out mm. um, and then other people join you and they start dropping stones yep. and they right. those ripples reach much further than any stone that you could draw so Sorry. where's the connection between the icc and the neuroscience coaching center are those synergistically the same thing? Or are those two different? No, the ICC is is um, it's an international organization that certifies coaches. But okay. the Neuroscience Coaching Center um, is a training center that I established uh, in order to bring some neuroscience into coaching. Because if we're going back three or four years, there wasn't a great deal of neuroscience in coaching. It was a particular perspective that was lacking. 
and a very important one too. Now that's changed quite a bit in the last three or four years. I, oh, I certainly right. tried to do my piece, um, but that's that's what interested me. It was that gap in coaching at the time. Oh, wow. interesting. That's interesting. I wanted to take it back, just uh, ask a couple of questions on what we first started talking about before we jump into the topic. But we're talking about musicians and kind of that anxiety uh, or stage presence. What are some things that you do? I know very high level. I know it's a lot more intricate, but I, I feel like it's the same for athletes um, when they're performing on a, on a stage or, or, or whatever their sport is. What are some things that, that you do to help coach them through that anxiety or that stage fright? I think is how you, how you, how you jumped into that. What are some like high level things that you do to help work with your students? Yeah, um, I, I tend to do the things that that well. I'll tell you what I did as a concert guitarist, and it was interesting because um, I still use these kind of things. And first of all, it's well. First thing you can do is you're going to feel nervous, and that's okay. You know, it yep. would be really odd if you didn't, and in fact, if you don't, probably you don't give such a good performance because that nervousness is energy. Uh, mm. And there's not a great deal of difference between the kind of energy and feeling that you have when you are excited and the kind of energy and feeling that you have when you're anxious. Right. The feeling is very similar. It's just a matter of meaning. And, you know, yeah. if you were out having a walk somewhere and you were feeling good and you'd, yeah. you were having to perform in five minutes, uh -huh. you'd probably think that energy, you'd feel great. You'd feel energetic, sure, exactly. you'd feel motivated. Because there's something coming up, and um, you tend to make it that kind of anxiety. Right. So that's the first thing to okay. use the energy. Second mm. thing is, I always used to practice in more difficult circumstances than I actually performed. Mm. So I would uh, practice the guitar with the radio on, with somebody whispering stupid things in my ear, with, right. um, with a scarf around the guitar, yep. so that mm. when it actually came to the time. It was easier than when I was practicing, <laughs> and that's also something that uh, can be quite helpful, I think, in any with anybody who does uh, performing arts. Make it difficult for yourself, so that when you actually come to it, <laughs> it's not right. It's so bad. a lot easier. Yeah, no, I love that. It makes total sense. I was just always curious. I know that athletes, you know, they're in the zone. They can focus. They kind of they're 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 elevated yeah, they, in times of stress. Brain, yeah. Some of these, I know some some athletes will practice yeah. with them, um, with uh, with re with recordings of booing and catcalling. Interesting. Yeah. Where, you know, you hope that doesn't happen, but um, it really makes you focus because focus yeah. is about deletion of what's out there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not about some special power that you've got it's about the ability to yeah. not hear and not see what's what you is not relevant to you totally i'm fascinated with that with, a, with yeah, athletes specifically yeah i know you yeah. asked about athletes a lot yeah <laughs> um so let's jump in how the brain works as a prediction machine and what it's predicting for you how do we get started on that? Because that sounds like a heavy topic. Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to start at? Correct department. It's your own personal crystal ball. It's, it's kind of like yeah. this. I mean, if you think about it, when when we're when we're babies, we all go through this. We're mm -hmm. born into this incredible world. We have no idea what's going on. There's these huge people clumping around. We're totally dependent on them. We have to work out really pretty quickly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So. That's how we start to make predictions. We say, you know, if I yell, somebody comes. 
and then you try that out and it works and it keeps working so mm -hmm. you you try things out and if they give the result that you want you keep doing it and that becomes right, your right. kind of prediction if i do this then that happens and then that just keeps going and we build up a series of what are better called mental models of how the world works and how other people are right away from that and those mental models can be very empowering or they can be very limiting depending on the kind of experiences that you've had to build them up because you might have built up your mental models from some very unpleasant experiences that you then think is going to happen in future but right. in fact that was just uh, bad luck really right so it's kind of like you know, you're creating patterns, right? You're, you're, you're putting it out there and, and then you get a reaction from it and you feel like you kind of get into a pattern of it and that's how it's being predictive. Yeah, and that's really important to us. It's much more important to us to, be, to feel secure in being able to predict oh, than it yeah. is even, even about um, being successful sometimes because, you know, I'm sure you've said and I've heard people say, I knew that was going to go bad. Right? Sure. You know, yeah. they did something, something bad happened, and okay, nobody wants anything bad to happen. But if you can say, well, you know, I knew that was going to happen, it makes you feel good on a different level. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. that your, your prediction ability <laughs> is yeah. there, yeah. and you can trust it. And that's and that um, feeling, feeling that uh, something bad is going to happen is based on a past experience, right? Yeah, very often, a, a kind of intuition sometimes. Kind or, of, or something you know you've been in a similar situation before something bad has happened doesn't mean to say that it's going to happen again but you know that's another matter yeah i wasn't sure if this was going to go down the route of like law of attraction in terms of predictiveness and mm -hmm. stuff i thought maybe it was that that you were talking about but, but i understand that the patterns and the predicting yeah um tell us kind of how this works in with coaching because I would imagine it's it's helping people coach their minds, right? In, in terms of trying to be a prediction machine that is something that you're you're seeking. Well, it, yeah, I mean it, it. It works a bit like this. <clears throat> um, as a coach, the only really the only thing that you can help other people with to change is the way that they think about something. Because mm -hmm. you can't change the people like in their life, you can't change their job, you know, you can't change how other people treat them. All you can do is to help them think differently about right. the reality that's facing them. And when they think differently about it, they find that they open up new choices and yep. therefore they're able to do different things. And lo and behold, when they do different things, other people do different things back because it's almost impossible to carry on doing the same thing if somebody is reacting completely differently. So mm -hmm. you, you kind of change that feedback loop. Take it, let's put it this way. Um, imagine somebody has had very bad experience, um, let's say in um, delegating work in the past. When they've done it, it's, uh, it's gone wrong. You know, the work's been bad and, and it really hasn't worked. So they've formed an idea if you want something done well, you've got to do it yourself. And they've that's their prediction, right? Because they predict, if I give it to someone else, it's not going to work out based on their experience. But now, if they continue working like that, they're liable to get into a lot of stress. They're going to be overworked, you know, too much to do. Um, it's not going to work out for them. You know, you, you can't do everything yourself. So what a coach would do there 
is not try to convince them that their experience was was wrong because it wasn't yeah. but to show them that the particular experiences they had in the past with particular people in the particular way that they did it with the particular content that they delegated exactly. yep. didn't work out yep. but if we change any one of those variables and they're all variable then it could work exactly. out. and then that's the start then of, of, of the change there that's so it's the the coaching saying that uh, problem's not the problem the problem is the way that you're thinking about the problem right wow um you work with I'm, I'm i'm assuming you work with ceos and founders of businesses yeah i right? work as an executive coach yeah okay what are some of the um most common things that those ceos and executives are coming to you to help change um similar sorts of, of things i think repeat uh, in any industry um leadership of course is a big one yeah. being able to be authentic <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time being able to to run the business right um it's it's sometimes people say about personal branding almost it's the way it's expressed now your personal brand of, of who you are and the way that you do it and that then develops very often into a career you know what what's my next step is it yeah, with yeah. This, is it with this business is it moving on sometimes it's even i'm moving out of the industry although that's mm -hmm. unusual it's usually more about what's my next step and how does how can I build my personal brand in order to do so. There's also, of course, the things like good decision making. How do you totally how do you make a good decision? What sort of process enables yeah. you to decide well? Mm. Um, work life balance. All of these things come into it. Um, it's a it's a it's not a large category of, of uh, issues, but of course the issues are significant. And they come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. That's interesting. That is cool. I was super I'm curious. Curious on how uh, one's kind of backing it up, maybe going a different road here. But how does one's emotional intelligence work into the predictability of of mm, decisions? Of decisions, because I imagine you need to, you know. Well, in, emotional. Uh, it's it's um the process of decision making is is a bit different from the prediction you know you predict something and then perhaps you make a decision on it but the way that we do decide is is emotional um in order to make the, the process of making a good decision is first of all to make sure that you get good information which is a whole thing in itself you can't make a good decision if you don't have good information and yeah. then basically we process it emotionally right and then it can't then the decision comes out and that makes sense because in a way you know you can imagine trying to to work out everything rationally and logically sure yeah you, you wait half an hour before you decided what to put on in the morning and what to have <laughs> breakfast so you've got to do it emotionally it's very quick right but you've got to have the good input and the the good let's call it emotional intelligence in the in the sense of being aware of your own feelings and being able to manage those uh, in Absolutely. a constructive way. And I think that's a, a big basis of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I think, I think self-awareness plays a huge role yeah. into, into all those predictions, um, EQ, obviously. That's cool. That is very cool. Um, in regards to how, what are some things uh, from a neuroscience level uh, where the 
um, where the brain really plays in. I know that that's a big part of our topic is how does the brain work as the predicting uh, the prediction machine? We've kind of talked more about EQ, but right. what are some things that you're seeing from a, from a neuroscience? We're like, diving like the actual, a little like, bit deeper into that. Yeah. Yeah. The actual like science. And yeah. Systems. <laughs> it's a huge topic. Yeah, it is um, I'm going to bring that on episode four. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we learn and we take it for granted, but it's an incredible exactly. process, really. Um, yep. we, we build expectations about what gives us reward, basically, <laughs> you know, what would be rewarding, right. which can be very sensual and, and pleasurable, but it can also be quite abstract in sure. terms of uh, you know, aesthetic pleasures and... and um, relationships and, and many things but we basically do things that we think will be rewarding mm -hmm. and then we predict how rewarding that's going to be and if it if it is as rewarding as we think it will be we get a certain signal in the brain and that reinforces what's there if it's less pleasurable or rewarding than we think it's a little bit there's that feeling of disappointment that kind of right. uh, unpleasant uh, anger plus sadness Exactly. So we're disappointed. And if it's better, then we get that dopamine hit. There's a neurotransmitter mm. dopamine, which basically makes you feel, oh, that, you know, that's great. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that resets the expectation. So if you then go to the next step, that is set a little bit higher. The bar is set a little bit higher. So we're always judging by comparison and not... Um, not the actual line. So, you know, for example, somebody is expecting, maybe some, maybe somebody last year, they got a $10,000 bonus, right? And they're mm -hmm. expecting this year to be another $10,000. And they get $5,000. They would yeah. be disappointed. Right. This, this would be bad, you know? They would feel bad about yeah. that. If they got nothing last year and were expecting nothing this year and they got $5,000, exactly. this would be great. This would mm -hmm. be totally unexpected. This will give them a big dopamine hit, and that would be fantastic. And it's the same amount of money. So it's not about what you get. It's about what you're comparing it to in the same way that, you know, you start with, uh, you know, $50,000 a year. Great. You get that. Okay. What's next? 100000 Great. Well, that's fine. Well, what's next? You know, half a mil. Great. Okay. A million. Yes. And yeah. but down. If you drop down from there to half a million, you'd think, my God, my life's falling apart. I can't do anything that I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it makes no, total funny. sense. Yeah, I mean, it's all about comparisons. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, like you said earlier, learning from past experiences. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, but we forget that. We, we think that it's, uh, you know, that next half a million or whatever it is, really, this time, it's really going to make us happy. And then right. we'll stop. And the brain doesn't work like that. Just goes, okay, now we've got that. What's next? Yeah. That, mm. That's that's old, that's old stuff. Yeah. You know, we've done that, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. What's next? Right. Yeah. So we're never satisfied, and, and that's our kind of blessing and our curse of being human. And that's the way the brain works. Hmm. I love Interesting. That. I'm sure there's a lot of compare. This is a way different topic, but I'm sure there's a lot of comparisons to how the brain interacts with um, gambling and gambling addictions. Ooh. I'm sure that there's a lot of comparisons mean. between between that. Well, that addictions are a bit, a little bit different. And so it's a, addictions are funny because they're almost a pathology of learning. What happens with addictions is that you 
you get an extra shot of dopamine whatever happens so every time mm. it's better than expectations you think it's going to be better than expectations even though your memory says no 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 it won't be <laughs> it's right. the dopamine That's that true. says oh yes go for it and yep very very difficult um, it's interesting. To, to, to I can start. imagine. Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother. That's, that's a whole nother podcast yeah. we could talk about. It. Oh yeah, the <laughs> people can get addicted to all sorts of stuff. They can get addicted yep. to power. They get to, you yep. know, internet, social media, as well as the usual suspects. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, Joseph. As we kind of wrap things up, we always like to ask our our uh, guests if there's one thing that you could leave with them that you hope they remember from this episode. What would it be? Uh, right. power of saying no mm. that uh, entrepreneurs and intelligent motivated energetic people tend to get called on to do things yeah. <laughs> because they are energetic intelligent right. exactly <laughs> and motivated and the more things you do well the more people will call on you you know that's, that's sure. what happens isn't it right who do you give the big job to you give the big job to the person who does really well before so exactly the the danger is is to spread yourself too thin to say too many yeses and then you you end up not doing the thing so well um i think if you can say no very clearly you've got to be clear about you know what you want and what's important to you and the way that you're going you're going to have to say no to a lot of really cool things unfortunately but there are even cooler things to do so that's okay i agree that is very good. I love that one. Makes a lot of sense. So tell uh, excuse me, tell the audience about where they could find you, maybe about your book if they're trying to get mm. it, and uh, how yeah. they can just get in touch. Well, <clears throat> um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there. And uh, the book is called Coaching the Brain, Practical Applications of Neuroscience to Coaching. So you don't have to learn any strange Latin names, Perfect. different parts <laughs> of the brain. And the website is coachingthebrain.com. Really easy to remember. Easy, easy. Awesome, Joseph. Well, I know we're probably going to pick up a couple copies. That sounds like a very interesting book, and I think it can help. Absolutely. So, awesome, Joseph. Well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, and we look forward to having you again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. been great. Thanks a lot. Take care. Awesome. Ciao. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Biz Bros Podcast. You listen to great guests just like Joseph and so many others. Just type us in Biz Bros where you listen to podcasts and you'll find us. Hit the subscribe button. We look forward to seeing you on the next Biz Bros Podcast. See you guys.